Welcome to Coffee and Tea with SNL. Everything you love about your favorite coffee shop, all wrapped up in a podcast. I'm Lisa, and I'm passionate about tea, travel, good food, and great conversations, and anything that makes me grow. I'm Sabine, and I create spaces that people enjoy. I'm also a wife, mother of two, a coffee lover, and enjoy a great scented candle. We're two great friends committed to living our best lives and seeing others live theirs. Welcome to Coffee and Tea. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Sabine. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a bright, sunny day, and I'm, I'm re- realizing more and more that that's like key to my happiness. Yes, I agree. I've been really inspired this week. I have to say I've been drawing inspiration from different resources and um, it has encouraged me to meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've been telling me like you need to meditate and it's to really meditate hard to meditate. It is, but it's so good. It is. And, and it's so, a practice, right? So you don't have to do it perfectly. It's, it really it's is. It's called a practice. It is. It is. Um, it is a practice, I will say. Um, I have meditated this week and I have done stretching this week. Nice. And so I've been really excited about that. On the contrary, not so, not so, so what's positive. your high is that's the my meditating high. and yeah, stretching. Okay. Meditating and stretching. I would say my low for this week has been my kids testing my patience. Oh, say more about that. Especially my four-year-old, Ethan. He's so quiet. He's yeah. like your mm. little angel. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I guess that's, not. It's funny. All the outsiders say, except for his teachers. Oh, because they know the real thing. They know the, the real, real thing. deal. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny. Every time I talk about Ethan, they're just like, that no. angel. No. Because he, do, I mean, Ethan. he has the most angelic expressions. Mm, don't He's super quiet you. and shy. Nope, don't let that fool you. Yeah, they. He has really tested my patience. Just to, like they do. It's almost like he went from being three to being like a grown man, <laughs> <laughs> and just his responses and feeling like I can just respond any way that I want to. I've been really struggling with that with my patience and just not wanting to act out myself right (laughs) like child services there's a mother at the corner of walnut and locust and so i have really had to work on that and then i think whenever i think about that with my own children i think of wow how in the world did my mom have patience with With you so so what is he doing and what do you do with him i guess what is this losing your patience looking like it's more or less like okay it's time for bed Mm -hmm. and he'll you know i want to read two books like i want to read three books nope we're only reading one book and we're going right to bed um but is he being defiant or is he just not listening or is it it's probably both. It's probably both. No, he's defiant. No, I'm not buying that whole like he's not listening because sometimes he'll do like this. And he even seeing him with conflict with his sister, mm-hmm. like he'll take something from his sister and then give her like the side eye. Like, yep, I know. I I'm not going to get in trouble. And <laughs> right. I got it. So I know that he knows better. So, yeah, it's definitely more defiant. OK, so what is so. looking losing your temper or whatever what does that look like oh my gosh just like like in my head I feel like I want to just act out Mm. and and then I have self-control but I just have to be consistent with the disciplining right and so that's been really the biggest thing but it's just it's just not the easiest thing to do anything that you have to be consistent at it's just not the easiest thing to do so uh that's my low for the week okay what about it what about hopefully your low is better? Well, <laughs> what so let's, it, see. let's start with your high. So my high actually was that my friend Brianna and I went on this 
self-created, self-imposed wellness retreat. So we went to Westchester, New York. Nice. Stayed there for five days. Went to see this holistic doctor, chiropractor guy that we both see multiple times a day. We went, we did yoga. We were actually supposed to do acupuncture and that ended up not happening. But we like ate clean, got adjusted every day, did a yoga, meditated. It was actually really good just to take time out to just, again, focus on our health. And um, we journaled, prayed, meditated. It was just this great time to focus on our wellness. And what I like about this holistic doctor is he's very spiritual and he's a Christian and he actually... Before he'll adjust you, he makes sure that your mind basically is in the right place. So he'll engage you in some conversation about something like, okay, I feel this tension. Actually, the first time he adjusted me, he could basically tell, he was like, "Mm, tell me about your mom. Like he's really intuitive. Wow. It almost looks hokey, but he's super intuitive, always seems to know which questions to ask you. So he asked me, tell me about your mom. And I'm like, wait, what? And of course, you know, he was asking me different questions. And when I finally surrendered, released attention that I guess my body feels or that I put in my body when I'm thinking about mom, then I, it released and he was able to adjust me. Like, so he won't adjust you until he feels like you're ready. And so a lot of that is conversations about, do you feel empowered about your life? Do you feel like everything in your life is on track to get better? And if you don't, he's like, well, why not? And you talk through those things. And until you get to the point where, again, in my case, I think one of the things that kept coming up was how I don't feel I think I can struggle with just not feeling secure that God has got me sometimes. And I think that was one of the recurring themes over this weekend was over the week was the, do I believe that I'm divinely supported and divinely taken care of? And it's kind of like when you get that and you really surrender to that, you really believe it. Then he's like, Oh, that loosened up. I can adjust you now. And then he adjusts you. So it was a lot of like, like meditating time. I had to think through things, had to release a lot of, had to actively decide to not stress about certain things. Like, so it's hard to explain, but it was very, it was honestly more spiritual than it was physical, even though that was a big part of it as well. So that was a huge high was just taking the time out to, to get empowered to more powerfully deal with life. So that was really great. So that's, that's my high. So that's a pretty huge. Sounds very high. Refreshing and rejuvenating. My low I know you said that you missed a lot. You felt like because you came back and you're like, what did I miss? And I guess it's weird because this is a load that's almost it's kind of like when you're being interviewed and they're like, what's your greatest weakness or whatever? You're like, because I I work too much. Like, it's kind of (laughs) like you're like, this is a strength in a weakness. But so my low is kind of a high in the sense that so I missed a lot of things this week. I missed a Broadway musical I was going to see. Um, that sold out that came to Philly. I think it was rent coming to Philly. And I really wanted to see that show completely forgot. I had tickets and everything forgot. It was the same week and um, had to miss our women's like history month, kind of midweek service at church. That was going to be amazing. And clearly a one time, once a year thing. And um, we missed your brunch. Yes, exactly. I missed the brunch. Yeah. So I felt like there were three things that I are usually highs of mine that were happening in one week. So the good news is I have an awesome life. But I think that was the part I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on my wellness retreat. And I didn't get to um, go to those things. So that was a uh, my low. It's funny. That kind of reminds me how in life 
we just have to everything is a sacrifice right you saying yes to one thing yes, is saying no is to saying another and, another yeah oh i have to add one more thing sorry i know this is like against the rules but i have another no high rules. actually i know right <laughs> another high from being in westchester this weekend is that i got to see one of my best friends katie and i haven't seen her in forever so last time i saw her she had just had her first kid and she now has had two other kids and so i got to meet her two new babies and her first kid is now like four and so it was great to just see them and catch up with them and her husband and it was just a great time to catch up with the family and um yeah be with her and and her kids i became instant bffs with them like literally they walked in the door and they're like here's what i made at school can you read to me can you tuck me in for nap time like we had known each other forever so that was she was even she was amazed she was like they're never this like yeah. They never love people this quickly. Kids, yeah, so I always love you. Thank you. I can't wait for our listeners to meet Andrea Cayenne, who's here with us today, who is the, I guess, owner of PSN Co., which is an incredible restaurant that is organic, vegan, gluten free, that is in the Rittenhouse area of Philadelphia. She's here and we'll tell you all the scoop about that. But we're really excited to have her with us today. And she's with us at the top of the show where we get to talk about what's in your cup. So, Sabine, what's in your cup? And I have to add that we are on site for the very first we time. We are. This is like live in action. We are at PS and Co. recording. Yes. So, so exciting. I'm excited to talk about what's in my cup because I'm having PS and Co.'s version of an Americano with coconut water. And I was just telling her that I'm from the island. So she made something very special for me. So I'm excited. So and I co- love caffeine. So, so yes. And it's your coffee. And yes. It's my coffee. So, so it's I'm coconut really water. And, well, she's right here. So we get to... Join us. Yes. (laughs) Hello, everybody. This is our Americano that's made with freshly cracked coconut water and our cold brew. It just sounds like... I love that. Yeah. You just made it sound like extra special. Healthier coffee and yeah, it just sounds awesome. I need to take a taste of that even though I'm the tea lady. So today I'm actually just having fresh coconut coconut water. water. So not doing the tea thing today, but it's yummy. So I'm enjoying that. What are, what's in your cup? And Andrea? then for me, this is my my take off the popular celery juice cleanse. But we're doing our green special, which is made with organic Swiss chard, organic spinach, organic celery, organic cucumber, and a little bit of organic lemon juice. And I think of this as my daily dose of vitamins. Okay. It's about five pounds of organic produce in a bottle. I drink this. I'm not hungry for breakfast or lunch, and I'm not craving anything. And I'm not craving any sugar. So when you have those busy days and you're just running on your feet and you don't want to grab junk food or snack bars, do this. I'm not saying this is a daily meal replacement, but if you're busy, you can do it and you can still eat on top of that if you want. Right. That's awesome. And you have this every day? Yeah, I've been doing it every day for a month, I think. Yeah. Very cool. What have you noticed? Just again, you said no Lack of hunger. Yeah. Lack of hunger. Energy. Energy is pretty much the same it's i'm not so distracted by food especially okay. working here i love I'm, that distracted by food. i'm always around food, food and yeah. tasting things and then i end up eating things that i am not hungry for but i just have to taste test throughout the day but with this i said you know what i don't really want to taste that today i'll wait till tomorrow or okay. like you know and, and i can stay away from things oh, very cool 
So we have so many things we want to talk to you about. We're really excited to be here. So you started out, as many entrepreneurs do, kind of on the side with this business. Absolutely. And I guess what was it? Can you just take us through your journey in terms of what was it that made you think, oh, I'm going to do desserts online and how do we get where we are today? It's um, So I was in my late 20s and all throughout my 20s, my hobbies were doing things with my hands, like creating things. I used to make these intricate cards for people, and then I was baking all the time. I always loved crafty things, things with my hands. But then my job and my professional aspirations were completely different. So I always had these two lives going on, and then when I was like 28, 29, I thought, this is crazy. Like, why can't they be the same thing? Right. And I made a list of all the things that would compose of my dream job. I didn't know what that job was, but I knew what the day was going to look like and what skill sets were going to be involved. And once I had a pretty good feeling of what those things were, I thought, okay, I think I need to go in the food business because my number one goal was health and wellness for folks. And I really believe in prevention more Mm -hmm. than the treatment side. Yes. And to me, food is such an integral part of prevention. So it helped that I love to eat. I love food. (laughs) I love creating food. And I knew I need to be my own boss, too. I love working for other people. But at the end of the day, I just had a lot of ideas. Mm. And what motivated me the most was seeing how those ideas worked out. Worked, failed, whatever it was, at least I got to try it and move on and learn from it. Right. So... This is how P.S. and Cone came about. I first started doing desserts because mm-hmm. that was my love. I never actually liked to cook. I just like to bake desserts Dessert. all the time. Although I don't cook, but baking is my jam. Yes. Cooking, not so much. It's really hard. Yeah. It's either one or the other. Well, You're speaking Lisa's language. You're and I think people both. who love to cook don't tend to like to bake. Like it's it's to your point. It's like two different audiences. It's groups, two different ways of execution, too. Right. Baking is very precise. precise. You're yep. very anal. You know, you make Measure. sure it's consistent. Cooking is you just go by feel. You, you mostly don't discussion. work by recipes. Yeah. Now I actually love to cook. I just needed the confidence to know that I can make things that I love to taste and other people will enjoy. I would never have thought I would have a restaurant. The other thing is I never worked in restaurants before. Wow. That okay. was on purpose. One was I've always heard how oppressive they are. Yes. How brutal they could be. And I didn't want it to turn me off from doing this. So all of my job experiences in the past were chances for me to experience that field, X, Y, and Z. And then once I tested it out, I said, eh, that's not for me. And I didn't want someone else's restaurant experience to ruin my dream job. Right. So I went in blind. That's amazing. (laughs) I don't recommend that. It's very stupid, you know, to go in without any experience. Because it took me three years to really get this place profitable. Three years. It took a long time. What's, What's average? What's normal? Quote, unquote. I don't know, actually. It depends if it's your first time around, if you have multiple restaurants. But like a seasoned restaurant pro, I think they can get it profitable in six months. Okay. First timer, maybe two to three years. Okay. That, that seemed normal. But I, there was so much I had to learn on the job. But I'm glad I did it that way because it just is so much more rewarding. You know, once you see that you learned it your way, you learned it without... You figured it out. Well, like restaurants are kind of tough. You know, they don't pay well. There's hierarchy. There's a lot of, you know, machismo going on. And, and, and I don't run it that way. Right. We run it from, I hopefully, I would love it if any of our staff could stay with us for a long time. So mm-hmm. I don't think of them as disposable talent. Right. If anything, I want them to, be f- to feel nurtured here. And if they move on, 
we are a positive blip in their journey to wherever they're going. Right. So I, I always think, you know, we got to treat the, the team very well. So they in turn treat right. the guests well. And as a result, the product will be great. But um, that's why I don't want kids, because I think of all the staff as, you know, <laughs> extension of family. Right <laughs> they're, they're not like, yeah, I don't not mean like it, I don't mean yeah. in a right. condescending way. No. Yeah. But yeah, but in a caring way, it's yeah. like a lot of people to kind of worry about, of. think yeah. about. That you're responsible for. Responsible for. So when people are like, you don't want kids, I'm like, are you kidding me? I got 30 people on payroll. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Do that's not want a family. <laughs> that's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. Before you did that, you were on a journey to pursuing a career in medicine. Yes. Correct. Yeah. But then you realized that medical school was not for you. Yes. I thought by the time I finished all of my education, I would be my early to mid 40s. I'm in my early 40s now. And I thought, I don't want to go through 12, 15 years of training to Mm -hmm. do what I want to do. If I had done it in my early 20s, I would have loved to have gone through medical school. Just to have that knowledge would have been amazing. Um, But that's why I thought, oh, I'm going to work in research for a few years. See, maybe I want to do the medical research route and go to grad school. I really was testing the baking on the side and trying to get every avenue to test. Like, do I really want to do this? Because, you, you know, you and I, Lisa, love to bake. Yes. But do you want to do it as a living? It's right. a totally I different want, story. It, and that, I keep thinking is, I want to do a bakery, actually. So I'm loving this. I'm going to be getting lots of wisdom from you. So, yeah. But I know that that's a different thing. Because and now I don't bake anymore. Right. I got to run the business. So it's <laughs> like, you don't have you time know, to bake. I don't have time to bake. If anything, I'm relying on other people to execute, to execute. my ve- vision. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's, oh, it's a hard thing because you, I always want everybody to feel autonomy so they can have their special stamp right, on things but, but at the end of the day it's definitely a partnership between the two of us right yeah that's hard to so do you, what you love and to step away from it step away from it so. and let someone else do it do it right, right. yeah there's big difference between a hobby doing something like you started on the side and then actually turning that into, into a, business. a business so you mentioned something earlier about how you made this list of kind of what your mm. day was going to look like can you talk yes. us through that because i think sure. a lot of our listeners are trying to figure out what's next so how did you come to that i say please do not put down all the superficial stuff too because then, then you got to love your day, right? Right. So I want to be able to have personal trainers in my day. Okay. Sleep in. Nice. Every day was going to be different. Okay. I was going to get to create something, whether it's an idea, a project. And I thought about when I was in school, I always was very motivated when I worked in projects. It's like this project, I put all my heart and soul in it. I got it done. Great. Moved on to the next idea. And I feel like that's what running a business is like. Mm. It's not like a day job where you're sort of in the cycle of uh, like a relative sameness. And I'm thinking, Sabine, you know, you said you're an interior designer. It's like always new projects, new challenges, new clients. So it always feels like a fresh job. It is. And And that's what I like about it. How do you feel? Because I hear this this statement a lot as being a business owner. And I want to get your take on it as far as passion. Do you Mm. feel like as a business owner? Because there are days where it's just like, why am I doing this again? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are tests. How often does... Or how important is it for to be driven by passion? Oh, that's such a great question. If you don't have passion, you're not going to last. I think time will tell whether you're really passionate right. enough about it or not. Because the world will eat you up and spit you it out. Will. And it, But if you're passionate, you don't give up. You do not let the criticism, the negative downturns discourage you. You just figure out a way to get through it and move on. 
and to succeed from that and learn from that. Right. I think so. that's important for our, our listeners to know because I think now we live in a society where entrepreneurship is like the cool thing, but nobody mm. talks about like the grit and the hard work. And the and, grind sometimes. And the grind. And there's some, some days you wake up and you're just like, this is a lot of work. Yeah. You know? And it has to come naturally. It does. You know? Like when you're. When you have a passion, you're doing it in your downtime. Right. You are not out partying with friends. Like you right. are working on your idea, and that's because you really want to, to see it succeed. Yeah, yeah, but if you're not taking your idea seriously, you probably don't want it that badly. Yeah, I think. that's important. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, sure. Thanks for asking that. My question is, why Philadelphia? When oh, I think of Philadelphia, oh yeah, I think question. of like cheese, cheese steaks <laughs> and you know pretzels. Yeah. pretzels. I think of when I think of clean food. I yes. think of, first city that comes to mind is LA. <laughs> oh my I, I think New York too. So we actually had a bit of like not quite an argument, but we're going back and forth. A disagreement about yeah, I guess <laughs> about like which city tends to make us think of clean food more. But either way, Philly was in in our it was not mind. on the list. We were thinking L.A. versus New York. You but know, yeah, why just Philadelphia? hearing the both of you say L.A. and New York gave chills in my body because those are my dream places to open, and okay. that's what we're working on next. Awesome. Step. Wow. But for Philly, it's for a guy. So my ah, boyfriend, oh. I met almost 17 years ago. We are still together. And not married, but together, together, you know, no kids. And he, his business is rooted in Philadelphia. Okay. He has a photography business. So he couldn't, even though you think you can do photography anywhere, he's like, I've built this for over 25 years. Mm. I can't just uproot and start all over again. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try to make it work here. But you know, it was a really good thing because I had a community base here. So yes. they helped us stay afloat, which is people who knew us and knew of us and came to support us. If I was in a city I did not live very long or knew people, it wouldn't have helped me. It wouldn't be the same. No. And then the other thing is, it is exciting to be in Philly because Philly, this really hasn't become mainstream in Philadelphia no, yet. Not at all. So we can be on the beginning trend or surge of right. that and help make a difference, then we have hopefully more of an impact. Yes. I'm not sure, but I I hope so. And Philly has been a wonderful starting ground. I I never thought it would be, but I don't think I could have done this in any other city. And even though it was harder, it paid off better. Okay. So I I love Philadelphia for that. I love it when things happen (laughs) that way, where it's like, that would not have been my first choice, but Mm -hmm. it ended up being better than I had in mind. Things work out the way they're supposed to, aren't they? They really do. You fight it, you're like, ah, but that's why I don't get depressed or down about stuff. This is, you know, I'll see why it needed to go that way. Like, how else are you supposed to go? It's just like helping you figure it out. To your point about this not being that, you know, the whole, this kind of restaurant is not the in thing in Philadelphia Mm -mm. yet. Far from it. So I'm gluten intolerant. And I, mm. I think it, actually vegan food, I think, is a bit more common. True. I can never find a gluten-free restaurant in mm. Philadelphia. like that, or, or even restaurants that have enough options that it's not just a salad. Like, I could have made that at home. You know, I didn't want to come yeah. here to have a salad. So I remember the day we came here when I saw that it was vegan, organic, and gluten-free. I could not, like, mm. believe my mind because I just thought... That's just not common here. So I was incredibly well, excited Lisa, about you that. hit the nail on the head because the gluten-free community, I think, is our larger demographic for us than vegan. I'm not even gluten-free. I'm vegan and organic. I'm, like, that's how I like to right, eat. Right. But I tend to cook gluten-free because Tommy, my boyfriend, he's gluten intolerant. Right. And But it's interesting, you know? Like, you always start something and you think you know who you're meeting the needs for and it always surprises you. How has that surprised you with the... 
Well, the only thing with the majority of the gluten-free clientele is they're not always the healthiest. So, and so they're willing to have less healthy ingredients to have a cheaper product. And my philosophy is I want it clean as possible. Of course. So as a result, we've, included our menu items to have some things with organic cane sugar and powdered sugar to have a less expensive dessert item so people who are more price conscious and not as demanding with clean ingredients have something and then i still have things made with organic coconut sugar and maple syrup for like the hardcore cleaners like me right and so we're trying to meet more of a varietal of demand Mm -hmm. but sometimes we get blasted on like social media or reviews with that because people think we're, we're not being um, honest about what we're doing. But it's really, you know, it's on us, the staff, to communicate like, okay, this just tell us what you're trying to avoid and we'll and go we'll through every menu with you. Because we never want to hide anything. We're right. just trying to be more accessible to more people. Which is wise, and that makes sense. That is wise. The both of us, especially Lisa. Lisa, you, she literally stopped in her tracks when she saw gluten-free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I literally stopped in my tracks when I saw organic because like, we both, said, both different. Yeah, yeah both different. we're both different. Lisa, do you want to talk about how like what made you come inside? And so it definitely was your curb appeal. Like we because we did we actually I think we're going to a cafe across the street or around the corner. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. parked on this block and looked over and we both said, oh, what's that place? You know, and so it just looked like a place we needed to check out. So we crossed the street, came over and it's just beautiful and inviting from the curb and we came in and it was the same way and i don't know if we met i think we met you I, yeah yeah, well, I you remember were the one, you. yeah you were the one we met actually mm-hmm. and we just like you were so warm and bright and you know we were asking you some of these nice. questions kind of offline like wait in philly this is not your typical not philly typical. restaurant so and you know, we had this whole conversation of like why here so i think a the beauty a your warmth and then i looked at the menu and i was like what I need to live here. So I took <laughs> photos, actually. So believe this or not, took photos of the restaurant, of like quotes. I still have them in my phone. Sent them to one of my best friends in Singapore who's also, Ooh. who has celiac. So I, I said, I next time you Singapore. visit, we're going here. I lived in Singapore <gasps> for you four did? years. And so I sent oh, it to her yeah. and then sent it to one of my best friends in D.C., who's from Philly and is always like saying nasty things about Philly. I'm like, see, this is cool. You've got to you come here with me. Good. So yeah, so that's kind of what I did so first funny. before I even ordered and then ordered, loved, I don't even remember what I got, but we sat at this very table. I loved everything. I, I remember that. At, we ate that day. And I've since brought a couple of like vegan friends. Thank you so much. moved to the area. I'm like, you've got to go to PS Co. Let's go. You know, and I've had, everything I've had oh, has been you're amazing. you're the best. Like, mushroom I mean, bacon, French toast, like all the things so have been. So humble when, you know, you do that because you really, this is how a business survives Gross. and thrives. So thank you for doing that. It's not advertising. It's not promotions. It's word of mouth and people yeah. coming back. Yeah. So thank you for that. So, yeah. So I think just all of those things I think made me feel like I love this place so and I, I have to add your question I have to add like definitely as a designer like I feel like a space is a representation of how yes. you want your guests to feel and I think when I walked in here I was like everything just feels very like you just want to sit down oh, yeah you know? it's very yeah, inviting I wanted it's you very to feel inviting like it's very home. warm I love the plants and yeah it's just a very the lighting every, I mean it's just clearly well thought out on a every very level. natural feel it's a reminder for our team and myself that you know in hospitality we are so grateful to every guest who takes their hard-earned money and valuable time to spend it with us so we genuinely want you to feel like you are coming into our home and we are thrilled to take care of you so we and that was all done possible with groundswell design if i didn't meet him i don't think this would have 
and pulled Come off together because they I did was, a great job. Oh, and you know, David Fearbrand, who's the um, lead at Groundswell, he's so kind. I remember when we met, I, I found him through, I was like, God, I, who's doing this place? Who's doing that place? And then finally, a restaurant told me who did their landscaping. Nobody usually like gives up that Just information, that you know, right. but I remember it was Fittler Dining Room. They told me who did it. So I looked on David's website and I thought, oh, my God, he's doing all the projects that I'm obsessed about in Philadelphia. So I called him. He took a meeting with me and he heard, you know, the dream the and the dream, yeah. he said, you know what, whatever it takes, I'll do this project for you. Wow. How amazing is that? That's like amazing. to have a guardian angel like this person who's like, you know what, I like your I like what you're trying to do. I want to try to help you make that happen. And it was so fun, the entire build-out process. Sabine, I don't know how many clients say that. but the No. That's <laughs> not until the very end and everything is done. finished. <laughs> but, like, this was fun. It's done. It's done. Every day was like Christmas. It's like, really? oh, I get to pick three options. Like, they did all the hard work, and then I get to choose right, right. the final stuff. And the contractors were amazing. He, um, they would give me a budget. If they came in under budget, they actually told me. Told me that yes. it came in less. Or awesome. they would salvage things from other job sites and give it to us because they oh, knew awesome. I wasn't a restaurateur. This is right. my first thing. I'm just starting out. And I love that they took that kindness and put it into this place. Yeah. So your so it's journey. always been good vibes. I love it when other people are invested in your dream, too. Like Just the fact that he got excited about that and yeah. said, let's do whatever it takes to make it happen. And he and the, the owner of the company, he was on site every day checking on things. I've, we had our own house, but I've seen things built. Usually, the contractors are not on site. Like, they have their subs, but they're not checking every day. Right. He every wanted day. to make sure his guys checked off that list daily and that we were on schedule. And I, I was, it was just been a pleasure, you know, to have something designed for you. That was a treat. I wish I could afford that to do for that for my house. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at least when your guests walk in, like, they feel the, the aesthetic is is what you want them to feel. I used like. to collect glass bottles, so that's why the lighting ah, comes from. Okay. Yes, we're sitting Lisa and I, we love to bake, so yes. those are all Hobart mixing bowls that yeah. were turned into light fixtures. I wanted concrete floors, but we found these originals, so we decided not to paint over it, that's but they painted character. this sort of textured concrete wall to give it that same vibe. So they threw in the things amazing. that I like. So all these pictures will be online so you guys can see what she's talking about. But yeah, it's amazing in here. And we're sitting under that's the chandelier, the glass... The uh, mason jars, yeah, um, filled with lights and all um, LEDs. Haven't replaced a single one in the five years we've almost been here. Really? Are you serious? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, it's beautiful, and I love the communal table. Oh good. So this is the the guy who used to make furniture for Restoration Hardware, quit with his wife, and they have their own furniture shop in New Hope or oh, Lambertville. Nice. Oh wow, what's it called? Oh Zinc. Okay, Zinc. Okay. He makes he made all this stuff. All, all right. Singles. I feel and like we're leaving with all kinds of information on so many levels. We're like, okay, zinc. And <laughs> <laughs> so through through your journey and working with a designer, working through with a contractor, working with your staff or your children, uh, yeah. or should say my family, <laughs> your family. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like has been the biggest mess? Some of the biggest lessons as just a business owner. Oh my owner? God. I'm sure there are tons. Ooh, do I need to keep this positive? You want to hear like a real deal? <laughs> Pros and cons. Keep Pros and cons. Real. <laughs> yes. Pros and cons. Okay. Um, some of the things I've learned is it's actually better if I keep a little distance. This is my, this is not yep. the step. This is me. If I get to know somebody too well, 
I can't separate personal from business. business. So they I could be the crappiest that. employee, but I know their sob story. I keep them on staff. It only hurts the team and it hurts business and it hurts guests. And I have a really hard time just sticking to like bottom line. So now we have supervisors who do all the hiring for us okay. and managing. I still have to do the firing, but at least it's easier for me to do that now because I'm seeing it from an unbiased point of view. Right. That was a big lesson for me. Also, not, so I trust everyone, but it's human nature. Everyone has their own, you know, needs, maybe desperate times. So never let, never have anything be easily taken advantage of. So I never want to give anyone temptation to do the wrong thing. Right. Because if I were in their situation and, you know, I have the circumstances they're going through, I might do the same thing. Like, I don't want to judge that. So I just try to keep our systems as tight as possible now so no one could be tempted to get into trouble or, or do something illegal here. Um, but in the beginning, I'm like, why? You know, nobody would do that. But it's human nature, you know. Things happen and, no, it's, and it's normal. Yeah. So. I guess I would just say, like, don't ever feel like you're being um, too anal or too precise about something. It's, it's just better, just better to have things tracked to a T right. and, and not let anything be stolen easily or people or if someone is not doing the right thing, address it immediately because then they're not as confused when it's a problem. Like, right. this is a problem, confront it, take care of it, move on. And it protects everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's transparent, you know, they know right. what's going on in your yeah. head. So I always say, that I think the hardest thing was, I'm not a very confrontational person before, but now I have no problem. So I, I feel like owning a business definitely makes you a tougher person. You have to be, almost. Yeah, and it, it's, t oh man, sometimes, I hate to say this out loud, but sometimes I wish I had that like male gene to just like shut the emotion off and just do what like you need to do. Yeah, and I really struggle with that. But I hope the benefit is that we have a more cared for team. Right. Yes. So I, I get it. You, you know, there's, there's yeah. a pros and cons for both personalities. Yeah. But I hope this wins out in the end. <laughs> it just might be a little more headaches for me. But uh, I hope yeah. it wins out for everybody else. <laughs> so, so what are some other lessons you learned? Because you talked about the um, figuring a lot of it out on your own. So what are other things that? I think I've learned so much by doing this. I should have skipped college. I'm almost thinking. <laughs> I, I said that the other day. It's kind of a waste of money unless really you need is. it for a terminal degree. Right. I agree. Like if you're going to be an engineer or a doctor, doctor. lawyer, I get it. You got to go through college. But if you're not doing any of those things. On the job training. There's go a lot just, of on the job training. You know, I was thinking like when I was in high school, I went to a average public high school in New Jersey. I should have skipped that and just gone to boarding school. Like gone to one of those expensive boarding schools, right. which would have been my college, and then just started working after. <laughs> <laughs> have this all thought out, I see. Yeah, I'm like, next time around. Because my friends who went to boarding school, like college was a breeze for them. You know, like they didn't even need it at that point. It was just another four so years for them to grow up. A lot of those things in their boarding schools. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, but I think it's so cool that like when you're the one in charge, you have to solve all the problems. Right. Yes, you have plenty of people who help you, but at the end of the day, something's wrong, it's on it's you. On you. It's on you. And it, even though you didn't make the mistake, doesn't matter, it's on you. I feel like if you can do the business you love, you, you find kind of feel empowered that you can do anything, because you just learn yeah. how to problem solve. And that gives you confidence to know, okay, it's okay, I can handle I got it. This, right? Yeah, 
you'll figure it out. You mentioned that you're well, you're vegan and mm-hmm. you like organic mm-hmm. um, food. You're not you're not gluten free. I don't have to be. Don't have I don't to. have any food allergies but or intolerances. Okay. But your boyfriend, yes. Tommy? Yes, he has a lot of food issues. Oh, what made you decide to go vegan? Like, what's that journey oh, about? Okay, so I was vegetarian since I was about 13. Okay. Actually, PETA got me into it. And then I realized how crazy PETA was. And then I didn't follow <laughs> PETA anymore. But it still Thank stuck you. with me, all right. the things I learned from them. Um, but I was just finished my post-bac program. I went with my classmate to an organic dairy farm somewhere in the boonies of Pennsylvania. Okay. And... I was just being nosy and asking the farmers, like, oh, so what happens to these cows when they can't produce milk anymore? Just being naive and innocent. And they're like, oh, you know, they go to the butcher or the factory. And I thought, oh, organic doesn't mean more humane. It was, I just didn't think that. I right. thought, wait, if you're going to go through all this effort of feeding them better food, no antibiotics, like, of course, you treat them like loving pets. But no, no it wasn't. Just yeah. So then I lost mm, my appetite for um, eggs and dairy after I mean, that. Right. And... I was just eating a lot of eggs and cheese before, and I cut cold turkey, so if I can do it, anybody can do right, it. So, sorry, you were vegetarian at 13. Yeah. And you still... And I went, you vegan, went vegan at... How, when, how old was I? I think like 29 or 30, okay. I went vegan. And then I'm 41 now, so yeah, 11 years or so. What do you think of that lifestyle, and how would you advise mm. someone who has an interest in oh, okay. going in that direction? Well, I hate the term vegan. I don't have a lot of vegan friends because a lot of them can be obnoxious, right? <laughs> I'm just going to put it out Thanks there. for saying that. <laughs> yes. Isn't that what everyone well, is thinking honestly. if you're not vegan? <laughs> I appreciate that. I, yes. I can't stand the proselytizing or right. preaching or telling somebody else what they should do with their, with their body, body or mm-hmm. their lifestyle. It really has to come from them. Yes. And Agreed. if I can make eating this way as approachable and friendly and loving as possible and delicious which and it delicious is. then people might be more interested in exploring this than rather than being turned off by right. it so you probably know it's like in the whole concept of a restaurant we never we're not blasting like you know oh you gotta be vegan, vegan or like right. meat is murder like yeah i believe all that stuff but i don't want anybody feeling bad when they come in like accused and judged mm-hmm. or yeah and no no down on and if, say, like 100 people eat one vegan meal, but none of them are vegans, that's going to be a bigger difference than them not doing it at all. Yes. Yeah, the whole vegan thing is, I think that's why plant-based kind of came around. Right. Because it's a less, like, a political word. But how do you get into it? Well, it depends. If you want to really stick to being vegan, watch all of the animal cruelty videos. Right. You'll, you will not want to eat after seeing all mm. that stuff. But if you don't and you want to do it as a diet, I don't really have good advice to that because I feel like diets don't stick. Right. And diets is like telling you, oh, this is what you should do, not what you want to do. Right. And really, you want to make yourself want and enjoy it. it. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, it's, it's got to be gradual. You can do it at home. You're more likely to stick with it. With anything, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to do it yourself. True. Yeah, That makes sense. I guess with that said, how do you come up with the items on your menu? Oh, okay. So usually... In the beginning, it's all the stuff I like to eat. Traditionally, okay. I'll try to make a vegan version of it. But now, with because I'm not in the kitchen anymore, it's so easy. I just think of ideas and I pass it on to the kitchen crew. Like, hey, can you figure this out? Mm. And I'll set them up with basic recipes, but I let them you know, decide it because they're the ones executing it. And, oh my gosh, to be from a home cook to being cooking in a restaurant... It is night and day. So different. Like any, like there's so many people who say, oh, you know, I'm a great cook at home or you're a great cook. You should open a restaurant. No, 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 no. It's it's not the same thing when you're cooking for other people and you're executing like 30 things off a menu for a full house for 60 people. How do you 
do all of that. There's so much interesting prep involved, systems of how you get everything lined up so you can get food out fast but right. fresh. I give a lot of respect and autonomy to our back of house kitchen crew. So I set them up with the guidelines and I let them be creative and hopefully they feel proud of what they're doing and they feel inspired too. But it's definitely collaboration. We both right. come up with ideas and make sure it tastes great and it works and ultimately you all have the final say right if guests don't right. like it we pull it off okay. if you want something we start we, testing we it out so i always encourage people if you hated something you had here please let us know we want to make it right for you and if there's something you want to see we don't do let us know that's how we that. get things on the menu yeah. okay cool. do you ever i guess consider any um what do I say? Health benefits, but like we're big into like herbs and mm. so like for example, I love cayenne. In our household, we put cayenne pepper on everything, right. right. and you know, it's yummy and it has yummy. all these benefits, mm. right? Yes, like, health you know, it, cayenne pepper is really good for high, high blood, blood pressure, pressure yeah. and so forth. Do you ever, I guess, consider that with your team? I'm um, the one who does that. Okay, so the kitchen's not really healthy. They're not even vegan. <laughs> 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 They're like, what? They're more about taste, but <laughs> I think it's the perfect Which is good, balance. Actually. That's yeah, it, it's got to taste balance. good. And they also know how to make things that I can't eat anymore or don't know. Like I've never roasted pork. I've never. I don't. Right. I never cooked before I went vegetarian. But they know how to make meat taste like meat. Meat, right? So that's, that's why true. some of our stuff has that extra Authentic. depth of flavor yes. because they know. Oh, what I love that. Like. Yeah, I actually prefer the kitchen to not be vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Front of house is good for them to be vegan because okay. they're passionate and they right. they understand what we're doing. They can communicate, you know, the mission behind it. But yeah, but the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. that's so true though because they get to figure out different things. You, I you don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even know how to do. Cook all that stuff, either. Right. So on your website, I mean, you just have had this fascinating life. Like you've done. Oh no, it's random. So oh, random. I love it. That's what makes we it awesome. love it's your like, Instagram. Okay, we, you know, you were Big fans of your Instagram, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. It's oh yeah, so that haphazard. Too. Not not well thought out at all. But thank you for the. Right, so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. We'll you come, would never we'll know. We'll come that. back to that. But yeah. So you studied herbal medicine in China. Mm -hmm. you studied Buddhism in India. You taught English in Taiwan. You did mm -hmm. silent meditation in Burma. Like, mm -hmm. could you be more global and more fabulous? Oh my gosh! No. How did all of that? come about that was just me having fun like and getting it out of my system before i had to get serious but i'm sure all of those things somehow show up even now yeah. in your business in your day-to-day -day life can you absolutely talk about how that all sure. plays into who you are today hmm so the meditation was actually an influence on my dad he always was meditating growing up and he's the most calm stable mm. person i've ever met that man stressful situation world could be exploding he, you, you will, you will just feel better because you know he's there, and wow. he'll make sure things are fine. My mom is the opposite. I love her to death, but she's like a firecracker, you know, like they're two total. Always how couples end up together. It's like, right. So they, I have a funny story about them. They were at a meditation retreat together in Burma. Okay. My dad was going to these because he left China when communism took over. He escaped into Burma and his father had an import-export business between the two. Okay. So there was kind of set up for him to live in Burma. and But in college, in the summertime, his sister-in-law didn't want him coming home because he would like eat a lot of food, you know? <laughs> so he's like, I gotta figure out a way to like not go home and be a burden on them. So he found this meditation retreat at his university in Rangoon, Burma, and it's free room and board. He's like, oh, perfect. I'll just do whatever they want me to do for like free room and board. Room and, board. and he got into mindfulness meditation there. He advanced pretty quickly, and his teacher said, I think you should become a monk. And my dad wow. seriously thought of that 
But um, I think he had already met my mom somehow that summer. Okay, so, so he's he, like, no, not the monkey. Yeah, he's like, nah, I think I'm going to have like a layman's life. So after my parents got married, they actually did a, only like a one or two week meditation retreat together. It's silent. And it's very common in Burma to do this culturally. And she got kicked out because she was fighting with her roommate. How? F- and then my dad, of course, is like the model student, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> was like, mom was kicked out of a meditation retreat. Like. She, I, I love my oh, mom because if, if you did anything wrong, she was going to call you out on your BS. You know, like there was no sugarcoating. She was not fake at all. She was so real, but she's also extremely loyal. Like she's somebody you want to have on, on your side. side. Yeah. But anyway, so I always saw my parents with these two yin and yangs, and I love both of them. I love both their personalities, but I sort of never forgot. I was like, okay, dad seems to be really level-headed. I think a lot of it has to do with the meditation. So I wanted to do that when I had the chances. So I went first time for one month during college, after I did the Chinese uh, medicine trip. And then I did another one for four months between my first job and going to the post-bac program. And I didn't want to leave. I wish I had about a year to stay. There were some nuns who were there for two, three years. And their skin, this is so superficial that I'm talking about their skin. Like, it was glowing. It's all part of your health, isn't it? (laughs) It is. They look so young. Like, they didn't age. And I just saw that they had no stress in their Mm. lives. But the mindfulness training... Besides doing this restaurant, it was the hardest thing I ever did. Because you sit Why? for, you're doing it for 11 hours a day. And is it all silent? Cause silent. Oh, wow. Not supposed to talk. You do speak to your meditation teacher every day. It's like a five-minute interview. They just try to gauge you, you to, to keep you on track. And if you need anything, of course, you could ask out. But you're not supposed to be, like, socializing and chit-chatting with people. It's a distraction, and it really was. So you're silent, and you wake up at 3 a.m., and you do your first round of meditation, then you have breakfast around 5.30, okay. and then you start alternating between one hour sitting, one hour walking meditation, but you can always sit longer if you can. They okay. encourage that. And then you have lunch around 11, and Buddha did not eat after noon, 12 o'clock. To, um, it, you have like better concentration if you're not eating more food, you're not gonna be sleeping. Sluggish or- yeah, so the meditation retreat was sort of following like the Buddha's path to nirvana, like we followed his strict schedule. Okay. And the fascinating thing is you don't have to be Buddhist or believe in Buddha to do this. They really did a good job of separating the religious aspect from, from the meditation the- aspect and it was all donation based, oh. it could be free. Um, I did enjoy that. So, I mean, not that it was free, but I liked that it wasn't about making money, money you know? Yeah. It wasn't a money-making kind of thing. And I wanted to go learn under my dad's meditation teacher while he was still alive, thriving, and the head teacher. Love so I that. got to go study under Aww. him. And the first two weeks, brutal. Like, pain, sitting that way, not supposed to move. You're not supposed to, t- like, You're move. You're not supposed to move. So you're supposed to sit through every sensation, thought you feel for that one hour. Of course you can move, but the goal is not to move. The goal is not to move. Yeah. And like acknowledge everything. Yeah, you acknowledge everything. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you start understanding how scattered the mind is. You know, it's always jumping from one thought to to the the next. To the next, to the... And the thing was like not to avoid it, but to recognize that thought and then go back to... We were focusing on the rise and fall of our abdomen, that breathing Breath. sensation, that okay. natural way. You're not forcing anything. You're just recognizing that. You're like, how do you recognize that? Well, you're paying attention to how it feels. Like you feel your stomach expanding. You feel it flattening, mm-hmm. all that right. kind of stuff. And then once you do it long enough, you kind of start noticing other things. So um, meditation always is like, do not share your own experience because you don't want to influence, influence other others, people right. when they start doing it for themselves. So I, I won't like talk about okay. what mm. I got, went through or learned, but I do 
believe that the skills I learned there, they helped me stay even keeled mm, in, in running a business. Because mm. there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows, but I don't really get excited about super amazing stuff and I don't get down about the bad stuff right. either. I just, yeah, stay yeah, level. yeah. And sometimes people are like, how come you're not more excited about what just happened? I'm like, because it's going to pass. It's just a passing moment. So I wow. don't want to get attached to that because the down is going to be pretty right. down. Right. That can kind of sound pessimistic, right? But it's not. But it's, it's more <laughs> of like a state of kind of like contentment Content. or even, I think contentment or joy can be steady no matter what's yeah. going on. So the high highs, the low lows, but you can just be steady. It's not yeah. that you don't care, but you're not yeah. tossed around by those things. Yeah, and I feel better That's that awesome. way. Yeah. So. so I guess along the lines of that, um, so so do you meditate daily now? Do you? Yeah, not do you, as much. Okay. I, my concentration just diminished <laughs> like, like a cliff once I got back here. But I will take moments to yeah. do the breathing, right. do the, like the mindfulness, usually in the morning and at night. So okay. when I wake up, or before I go to bed, because I noticed that I started having this habit of just grabbing my phone as soon as I wake up and checking Instagram, checking so the hard. news. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, you just wasted 20 minutes. I could rather spend that 20 minutes doing meditation right. instead. And same thing at night. If I'm looking at the screen, I don't go to bed as easily. Yeah. It's just like keeping me awake. And you don't want that stuff in your head too before you no. go to bed or right as you wake up. I love TV, and I realized like the more intense things I was watching at night, that's what my dreams, dreams. were about. Yep. They do say that. Oh yeah. My yeah. God. So like if you watch a scary dreams. movie. Yeah. 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 I'm always I like, chasing or running away from something and I wake up tired so and I've noticed even yeah. other people if other people are watching and I walk around them even sometimes I'm like I just saw like two seconds of your show and now I'm having a nightmare about mm. whatever was happening as I walked past the mm. living room so it's amazing how powerful yeah. these images can be so try to, I try to um, and now I'm getting I'm, it's not that I believe it but I'm just experimenting I'm like oh is this gonna make me have a better restful sleep right. well, it will it set me off in a more focused day if I do it this way yeah. but I don't know if it's gonna work forever <laughs> but so my Caribbean knowledge is the worst we talk about this all the time <laughs> I've traveled a ton and lived in Asia lived in Africa lived in Europe Ooh. but I've never even been anywhere in the Caribbean so I feel like that because it's so close it's I so find it very expensive because both of my parents are from the Caribbean but then again I've never been to Africa so we have yeah. to visit each other's of the woods yes neck of the woods can we i guess rewind a little bit sure and talk about cold press oh yeah thank I, have to talk you. Cold, I have to talk about cold press just because one it's in your logo mm-hmm. so it's a big um, deal. and yeah. you had this amazing video oh, that focuses yeah. on cold press and it had a glance at like all the fresh fruits and vegetables thanks and, for watching that um, that's been so long ago i appreciate yeah you. it was you a, really did your research of being yeah, really, i love I you guys <laughs> it was a really great video I wanted to show people for this, it's 30 minutes of labor to make one 16 ounce bottle. And 30 minutes sounds a lot, but that's from prepping to cleaning the machine. It's a right. process. It's, a, it it's really a process, yes. But can you, I guess, can you talk a little bit about the process and sure. some of the benefits? Sure. So the process is very slow, no heat, no centrifugation. So no, um, it's like no air whipped in. So you, you're not getting froth when you're getting the juice. Two parts. One, you're going to put it through a chute, and it's going to grind the fruit or vegetable. And then you're going to take that juicy pulp, put it in a cloth napkin, and it's going to go in the second part of the machine, which is a hydraulic press. One to two tons of pressure. And that pushes all the juice out, and what you're left with is like this dry um, pulp. So dry that you can hold it up. And so you're extracting so many nutrients out of that without the pulp. 
And that the reason is so you can consume more of the nutrients without Nutri feeling dense, full. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And it'll get absorbed in your bloodstream quicker Finger. without the pulp. And instead of you actually getting more nutrients than if you were to just eat it, too. Yes, right? yes. It's about five pounds goes into one 16 ounce bottle right. and I really believe in organic when you're doing cold press because do you want five pounds of pesticides no. right. you know going into that like it's one thing to eat a conventional apple but when you're going to juice that many that apples much. yeah I really feel like go organic or don't do that at all yeah. I don't know if it's really going to be that much more helpful the other thing is um, with the cold press juices it tastes amazing it tastes different it's crisper it's cleaner it's brighter. I can't go back to drinking regular, regular juices. Juice. And it's terrible because it's expensive. I get it, people. It's expensive to have this habit. Right. Which is one of the reasons why, like, no matter how tiring this business gets, I can't lose my juice. Like, I gotta keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> juice. Business will stay running because yeah, I need my yeah, juice. because I need my juice and I don't want to make it every day. <laughs> but, um, and I think we're the only ones in the city that do it organic. That's what actually encouraged me to go from the bakery to the restaurant because the juices started getting more popular and I thought oh my god I have to do this for Philly and we were doing this in Philadelphia I was getting more orders and that took over the sales of the desserts locally oh so you were doing cold press before you had the yes I, didn't that. I had this um, really cute little former church kitchen in East Falls and that's where I was doing the baking very small volume like I wasn't making any money I was just really like learning and seeing how to make this work and then I got Whole Foods as my first client and I didn't make any money off of that. That was just like to put, get like, okay, out, yeah, get just getting out. the word out. It's just advertising. And then cold press juicing started getting really big. So I did that, getting more clients. And I thought, oh, my God, this, this could be how we can have retail. And that's why it's on the logo. Interestingly enough, the health department made us remove our cold press juices from the fridge because they, don't, they didn't know how to regulate glass bottle usage. Everybody uses Plastic. plastic. So we have to resubmit our HACCP plan to show this is how we receive our bottles, this is how we use them. Wow. I mean, good for them. They're just being safe. It's but right. it's just interesting how the code is so outdated, you know, that we're trying to do it more sustainable, cleaner. Healthier, right. But if we did plastic, it would have been okay. You know, like plastic but so our, our juices have been off the shelf for three months now, but we still have it. We just have to pour it to order. But, you know, okay. people don't see the product. They don't buy right. it. Buy it, right. No. But... Um, yeah, it, it's just fascinating, you know, how food safety and, and food corporations, they're not set up for your wellness in mind. No, not at all. I feel like so many things in life are not set up for our wellness in mind. Mm -mm. It's really like about it's making just, it profitable, making yeah. it easier for them to monitor. Yeah. How do you not get jaded with that? Because I feel like we can have some conversations about that and can get really depressing about, like, even healthcare. I mean, so I worked for many years in pharma. And sometimes, oh, wow. still, like, even these things that are allegedly set up for our wellness, just aren't like how do you approach oh my gosh things? i am not a conspiracy theory person but the older i get i'm thinking i want to live off the grid because yeah all this mm. bad food controlled yep. by lobbyists yep. right dairy the meat industry Getting and the everything are being sprayed it's, it's on really yes. everything and then they're paying into all the cancer research funds right which i'm like if you just didn't eat that stuff you, you could minimize cancer. cancer right or so it's just like big incestuous web yeah. of control where people have to figure out for themselves how to protect themselves and fend for themselves. But if you don't have the time or the wherewithal to figure it out, you're like a puppet mm -hmm. in all of this and you're getting sick and you've got high healthcare costs and you feel crappy. So I'm hoping 
you know, I feel like government always listens to money. Yeah. So we can always. be, right? <laughs> Everything it, is driven by money. It's driven yeah. by money. So before I want to work in public policy, I was like, screw that. I got to make a successful business. Hopefully we can grow. And then maybe they'll start taking notice. Because I know if we're profitable, that's when they'll that's change when, their mind. Right. But yeah, it's not, they're not going to do it for the good of us. But if no. it's making them money, maybe they'll, they'll start listen. changing their minds. Yeah. And it's just a good reminder. Because I know like our household, we try to eat as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I love what you say about, you know, you said in the beginning of the interview, like you believe in um, preventative instead of treatment, you know, and how, again, going back to food is medicine. And it's like you wouldn't have this illness if, you know, it's almost like to, to, it's almost like um, the industry of clean eating seems expensive. But actually, but it's, it's not so because you don't have to go to the hospital treatment. or treatments. Yeah. Yeah. So much for saying that. It's, it's just a mind shift for yep. folks, right? And I know it seems expensive on the day-to-day, but your long-term benefits, like, don't you want to be walking and running and doing what you love when you're 75? Right. right. Instead of feeling sick and bedridden or whatever. I'm, I'm thinking, like, no, you know, you take care of yourself. Or you're like, who wants to go through chemo treatments? And I, I yeah. don't, yeah. And it's yeah. possible. So I think, it's, so, I think so, sadly enough. Possible. So I was... um. With a um, holistic doctor friend who's also a chiropractor, and his kid had to get dressed up for, um, I think, grandparents' day or some, something like the old people' day or something. And the kid was <laughs> old people' day. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that. what it's called. It's like Excuse a Japanese me, that's holiday. not the right like term. <laughs> Probably grandparents' but, day. Who knows? But, uh, but you had to go as like an old person. Is the was the point? <laughs> but yes. Funny. So anyway, so she then gets home and she's like, oh. Um, Dad, do we have a cane in the house? And, her, and, his, and he was like, uh, no. He's like, why do you need a cane? And so she explains, that, oh, I need to go dressed as an old person. And then he said, well, Ooh. do you want to go dressed as an old person or as a sick old person? Ooh, I love that. And I, I, you know, she had stopped and was like, oh, yeah, like I want to dress like the kind of old person I want to be. And so, of course, she <gasps> put in the gray hair or whatever, but wow. went with her little sprightly five-year-old self because she's not hoping to be a sick Sick old person person. and i think that's so even the fact that that's where her brain first went like old person let me get a cane Mm -hmm. is that doesn't have to be the case oh thank you Um, for that story that's a that is a a great story that is cool that they pointed that out yeah they're like you do you want to go to a sick old person or just as an old person you know and i have a grandma who's turning 100 oh my god i'm hoping to go to nigeria for her (gasps) birthday and she is lives independently amazing sharper mind than any of us her grandchildren like remembers everything lives independently cooks for me every time i'm there like her some of her kids live with her but she they, I'm just telling you. Healthiest woman, skin popping, everything. Is you know, it because she's like stress-free and like cooks for herself? And I don't think and she's stress-free, but lots of clean eating. So okay. she still lives in Nigeria. So lots of fruits and veg. She's not eating Kraft mac and cheese. She would not, <laughs> right. She would never eat that, actually. Yeah, so it's like healthy, like closer to a paleo diet and a, not uh, like he, not big on meat, but like, you yeah, know. Yeah, fresh from the ground. Fresh. There's a lot of like yams and cassava and oh, veggies yum. and tomatoes and very little portions of meat but fresh, yeah. healthy food, you know? There's just something so about how they used to live mm-hmm. back in the... Because yeah. both of my grandparents lived to be 100. What? And my mom Your was the second ginger. youngest of... It's funny, all of my grandparents' children have lived... Has, haven't lived to the amount of years as my grandparents. You know, well. my grandfather died yeah. at 103, and he was a farmer in Haiti, you know? That's and amazing. I just re- recently found out... Yeah, stayed active, kept moving. Knew what was going in his Knew food. Knew what was going mm-hmm. on in his food. And Isn't so it simple when you think about really how to stay healthy? 
but we're not our, our like lifestyle I'm here set up for that. isn't set up exactly that's exactly right it kind of goes back to preventative care versus like treatment we feel like we're injured so we we treat you know and we treat symptoms and yeah but yeah if you just if you just eat healthier make better decisions i think it's making better decisions yeah. too i think um, catching things at the root catching things before yes. they start mm-hmm. and healing versus looking at it as you know when you do get sick you know healing instead of treating like putting a band-aid on putting it, it but exactly, exactly. I was just thinking about, like patching so, it up we we just yeah. love what you do and no you I think guys are amazing had yeah. just great examples and you're both living it too so we're trying, but to your point, like it, it takes an intentionality. It does. It's not, it's not easy. And it's mm-hmm. educating too. Educating. So I love how you just educate your guests. Like, what is it that you can't eat? You know, and you have all these cookbooks of raw food and gluten-free food. Yeah, I think too, sometimes people can think it's so hard to do. I hope that with more places like this and people getting in conversations with you or hearing things like this, that people know that it's something that they can do. Like it's, it's accessible. Yeah. It's not this big, scary, lofty, Mm-mm. lofty thing. And do it your way, you know, right? yeah, the way you. you want to. Yeah. And don't follow any, blo- no offense, but like bloggers, influencers, or even me telling you what to do. Like do what feels right You have right to be your to own you. advocate. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's how it's going to stick. I know you started with people being able to order your food online. Mm-hmm. Can people get access to your food who are not in Philadelphia? Like, how does no. that work? So you just have to come here. I'm sorry. I shipping was t- oh, a nightmare. Oh, I hated I shipping imagine. because we had a 25% error rate with FedEx. No. Yeah. And I learned. So, you know, all these like big shipping companies. Yeah. If you ship ground, like not perishable, then you can keep the cost within your cost of goods sold. So it's not expensive to people. But when you got to do it overnight, right. you need That's high volumes to make it seem free. So right. we were at such small scale. I didn't have like investors, you know, helping me create this amazing platform and system. So it was so expensive. I, I couldn't fathom charging somebody more for shipping than the cost of the product they were getting. So no. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, so, but okay. the dream is if we can open in L.A., do well in L.A., okay. and then have the demand for New York, open in New York, and then if we can have national recognition, then we can start shipping yeah. and doing wholesale and grocery stores and stuff. Okay. But at the same time, I feel like you can't cheat Mother Nature because I almost did wholesale of our favorite, uh, our bestseller when we were at Whole Foods. Okay. But... You had to have nitrogen flushing to extend shelf life. And I did not want to use palm oil. And there was palm oil in every chocolate that was being made in the product. So even though I was like, wait a minute, I know this big company in Colorado. They don't have palm oil listed. Why can't we use theirs? Well, my uh, I had like these co-packing consultants. They actually tracked down that same manufacturer and vendor. They said, no, they're using palm oil. They just if don't list it? You don't have to list every ingredient. The FDA does not enforce that. Are you serious? So if it's below a certain percentage of the overall content, you don't have to list it. That's why the people can get away with natural flavorings right. or, Only you know, or leave or it off. Wow. So then I'm thinking, you know, wholesale, yeah, you make a lot of money doing that, but... That's not why we're doing this. Yeah, we want to make it fresh. And I I don't want all that shipping and waste of packaging. So you can see, like, our packaging, we got rid of almost everything with plastic. And, yeah, that hurts our sales. But I don't like thinking that we're contributing to the problem if we can help it, you know. Mm. So the last thing I'm trying to get rid of, and if any, like, listeners can give me advice. I'm all ears. I want to get rid of our plastic plastic cups for smoothies and juices. Okay. We have glass, but not everybody wants to pay for glass. And then our coffee cups, none of that, because of the lining inside, 
it's always got to be trash, not even recyclable. And anything that says compostable in Philadelphia, it's a lie. We don't have commercial composters in Philly. It all goes in the trash. So you're just you're just paying for greenwashed products, you know. And it's not going to a composter. Hey. Yeah. So, I did not know that. Yeah, so it pisses me off when like other companies around here say, Oh, we have compostable salad bowls. Well, it's just going in the dumpster Gosh. like everything else. So okay. and then you're wasting money doing that too. Right. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm know gonna that. get haters after this. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean you're just it. yeah. We're being educated. Yeah. I'm just so excited. I feel like I learned a lot. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I should have divulged all that on air. <laughs> so do you have a favorite item on your menu? I love the Mohinga because it's an homage to my mom. You know, she drove me nuts as a kid because she, she was that Asian mom who nothing was ever good enough because she always Nigerian wanted to push you back. Nigerian moms are exactly the same. Okay, you totally understand. Oh, yes. it's, I think it's that immigrant mom probably yeah. is a better way to say it. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that now because you've learned to push yourself like yes. that, right? And if somebody else pushes you, you interpret that as love. Love, yep. You're like, wow, you expect more from me. Okay, yeah, I'll rise to the challenge. Yeah, and so the Mohinga is a Burmese breakfast noodle soup. Every household has their own version. Every okay. region has their own version. And I remember when I went vegetarian, she made me a vegetarian version. But my mom is such an amazing cook, as you all have with your families. They don't cook with recipes, right? No, they no. do not. Nope. nope. And I was too lazy as a kid to ever learn how to cook anything from her. And so she passed away not eight years ago from complications of a brain tumor. Mm, she ate a lot of junk food, that. by the way. Like, she ate clean, but she would indulge in, like, junky stuff and stuff. And, and I just was like, oh, I thought she was going to live till 90, but she didn't. Her brain started declining 10 years before, and she wasn't cooking as much anymore. So a lot of my interest wanting to cook did not match up with her health. Mm. So I recreated that recipe by taste as the way she made it. And it's become one of her most popular dishes. Aww, so when people come that. in, they ask for Mohinga. I'm like, that's so that's cool because mom. it's like a random Burmese dish. Wow, who would say that in Philadelphia, right? right. And, and she always wanted a restaurant, but she didn't do, I mean, she was a great home cook, but mm-hmm. right, you know, like doing it for real is a different story. Yeah. So I always think, okay, mom's kind of like living through her restaurant oh, aspirations. I love that. Here. And then we also have the chickpea curry, which is something she used to make for me all the time as a kid. So people love that as well. So and that's so, memories. And that's my dog's that. favorite dish too. <laughs> oh wait, he's the head of HR, isn't he? I oh, wanted yeah, to ask about Tuffy. Yeah. Tuffy, I love. I got her from Animal Care and Control. She was in the pound for three months. Nobody wanted her, and she started out as a pen pal. So we were just going to foster her. And we just fell in love in two weeks. I love that dog so much. She's so well-behaved. She's so smart. You tell her something twice, she remembers forever. And she knows right from wrong so well, even when no one's looking, she won't do the wrong thing. You know, there's like snacks within reach. She's not going to take it, even though it's something she loved. She will not jump on certain things because she knows she's not supposed supposed to. to I'm like, I I wish people could follow your lead, you know? Wow. I could follow that. <laughs> like, I know I'm not supposed to do that. Let me not do that all the what time. What a disciplined oh dog. Gosh, she's so good. And then we, I did some dog training classes with her. And I became an Asian mom. I became my mother. <laughs> I was like, you're going to be number one. You're going to be right. the best in the class. We were practicing homework every day. And yeah, she was top in her class. Yes. <laughs> and she's well in your done, videos, well too. I'm watching these videos, and I'm like... How is she just looking at the camera, not trying to like chew? I was raised well. I was raised well. That's awesome. Like she was like right on cue. Yeah, she's so. I love her. She's a good judge of character. If you're shady, she's gonna call you out. Okay, I love that. Hence HR. Um, That's awesome. 
Um, thank you for sharing the story about your mom. I love that. Oh, sure, Just that yeah. homage to mom. Um, and it's cool to hear how you're a mom in other places. Like your <laughs> mom here with a big family. Mom to tough. And um, yeah, just that cool homage to, to your mom. So thank you for yeah, sharing that. So Sabine and I have both lost our moms. I lost oh, my too. mom about nine years ago. So oh, that, like, I can get thing. how special that would be to have oh my god and my mom we like we fought a lot like we were not best friends you know like some moms and daughters are super tired we we were not like that i was more like my dad and i are are more besties because we're more similar but it's so funny that when you when you're growing up you start realizing why they do what they do and you're like yes Yes. good for you to not care about being popular or being liked to do the right thing yeah Mm -hmm. Like by other people, even mm-hmm. like my mom was just was a fierce mom in that way. Like definitely stood for what she wanted her kids to be like, and had my aunts that she clashed with. And you know, as a kid, you were like, "Why?" Like, and we yeah. just all get along. And now, as an adult, I'm like, "You protected us yes. from so much. You trained yes. us so well." Like I, I think that's the hardest part. Is just feeling like yeah. when I finally get it, I don't uh-huh. get to like say a heartfelt thank you. Like I get it. Oh like, my god, I'm gonna so cry now. That's yeah. so poignant. But <laughs> why are you so, so strict yeah. like everybody else gets away with everything and then I uh, you know when you're asking about like learning with staffing here I find that the ones who did not have strict parents they do not oh thank you they don't take direction well mm. from management yeah. I, I so yeah that. yeah and they have a harder time figuring out boundaries and what works for them because they're so free right like right. they just want to do whatever they like want the, but there's just so like much they're lost for yeah. longer yeah yeah yes to the awesome moms so, so all those strict parents out there thank yeah. you for you know sticking up with us saying we hate you yeah. because you're doing the right thing right. for us because <laughs> like we when we become now. adults we, we're grateful <laughs> yes. yeah we're grateful thank we're all you for all that you taught us moms <laughs> thank you. I feel like we should end on that note God, now, that, now that we've got the tears and we're all oh missing gosh, our moms so right thank you again so much for your time this has been so fun I feel like this is truly like that just really best fun. friends hanging out yes. new BFFs hanging out yes. so thank you um Come to PSN Co. Everybody. Yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, just it's, come here. And you're in a perfect location. Yeah, you're, you're in Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Yeah. And may I also ask that uh, I just want to add thank you for giving me the time and opportunity to share what we do here. Aww. I love you all for that. That's so nice. Thank, thank you. you. I'm gonna cry again. Oh, <laughs> I love this. We're also moved. This, this is awesome. Thank, thank you. you. It was so much fun. So yeah. I feel like we need a toast. <laughs> like we need a, a clink with all of our. <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> so that was such a great conversation. Like, I felt like I could have talked to her all day. She had to go to shoot some photos of food for her website. But I literally felt like we could have sat there. That felt like, yeah, like we were just chit-chatting. Like an old friend. Like an old friend, yeah. We were in the restaurant. I love her restaurant, by so the way. So beautiful. Like So it's just very, it's very rustic and natural. It's, Which ties into the kind of food she does. Like, right, it's all about exactly. that, like... Yeah, it's just good. Yeah, you just have to like, go to PSN. You just guys. have to. You you really have to. I love what she said too about how she said we made her cry twice. It, she's like, I'm interviewed all the time and I never cry. And you guys got me to cry twice. And if you go to, when you go to her restaurant, you'll see photos of the magazine spread she's been in. She's been interviewed in a number of magazines and she's amazing. But it was really great to see. I think that was just a testament to how well we all connected as well. Right. Like it just was an authentic like let's just talk as brand new BFFs. So make sure to join us next time for coffee and tea. Of course, you can find us online Mm -hmm. and on Instagram at Sabine Sabine and Lisa. Lisa. Bye.